Hello, my name is Eva. And I'm Eva's dad, Rich. And, and welcome, welcome to 50% identical, identical. Bridging the gap between generations X and Z, one conversation at a time. Love my coffee. Cool. Ah, it is the best way for me to start a day, Eva. That's great. I I make my own energy, but you know, it's all right if you're not. Mine cool comes to do from that. a bean that we pour hot water on over and extract a it's brown a berry and it's a the brown liquid. Truck. What What are uh-huh. you talking about? Uh, it's a berry. Coffee is a coffee is berry. They're berries. Then how come they say coffee beans? Because marketing is sometimes different. You know, tomatoes are fruits. So are zucchinis. So are avocados. They're all vegetables. So maybe the way we talk about things is not exactly how how they're marketed necessarily. Well, either way, I like that we pour the hot water (laughs) over the berry. What are you trying to do? And the brown liquid comes out that's extracted. Yeah. Gives me energy to take on the Mm -hmm. world. Let me tell you something. Every time I failed at something, it's not because... I've really failed. It's because I just didn't have enough coffee. That is not a good thing. Ah, no? <laughs> no. I'm glad that I can take accountability for, you know, the mistakes I've made instead of blaming it on uh, uncaffeinated beverages, which is definitely a health, a healthy mind, a healthier mindset, I think, than, than whatever's going on there. But I'm glad you did your bit. I'm glad you're very satisfied by it. Um, I'm glad you have your coffee because, you know, the audience can't see, but you are drinking coffee right now out of a beautiful artisanal mug also. Yes. Very pretty. Well, your mother, she likes these types of mugs, so we have a lot of them. And the mug that I usually use Mm -hmm. is uh, dirty, so. Oh, is it the one that uh, my sister gave you? Yes. Yes. That is the one I generally use. So, yes, I do have coffee here by my side, but unlike... Uh, last episode where it had been well really hadn't been that long really since I'd seen you it'd been about a month now yeah. now it's just been like 48 hours 72, yeah it's been yeah. just about two days yeah or 48 hours yeah although I'd say less than that <laughs> because I got back sort of in the in the late right. bits although I know actually you know what it's, what? One, it's one here which yeah. means that it would be 12 there so you know what i'd say it's just under 48 hours okay i like to be exact yes about it's been 47 hours and 22 minutes about that yeah that's right so we were together because i mean this is a uh, this is a story (laughs) right i mean this is a big deal dream come true and even more so who is who is your favorite band of all time my chemical romance now, for those of you that don't know who My Chemical Romance is... Uh, Terribly uneducated people. Eva, take a moment and explain to the audience uh, who My Chemical Romance is, when they were... And I use popular in quotes because I realize they're popular with people today. But, you know, when they were making they new music and what type of right, music, right. all that kind of stuff. Educate us. Okay, so My Chemical Romance is a four-member band. They have had drummers, but none of them have really stuck. But it's a four-member band consisting of, uh, like, the singer... Gerard Way, um, uh, main lead guitarist Ray Toro, rhythm guitarist Frank Iero, and bass uh, Mikey Way. And yes, the Ways are, are brothers. They're related. Um, and they started actually when Gerard was in college to become a comic book artist. If you've ever heard of Umbrella Academy um, on Netflix, Gerard created Umbrella Academy. So after after the band uh, disbanded, I'm using that's a K-pop term, broke up, um, the... Uh, uh, he went on to just do what he originally planned to do, which was which, which was comics, and Umbrella Academy was originally a comic. Um, but either way, basically, September 11th happened, and uh, Gerard Way was on a train, and he was like, "I gotta, gotta do something. I gotta, I gotta, you know, sing to the masses and whatever." And he made a band with his brother and Ray Toro, and Frank Iero joined sort of in the early days of the band. He was originally originally a fan, which I think is so cool, like being a fan in the in in the start of a band and like, getting to like join it. That's so cool. Um 
they released four albums in total, the most popular being Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, uh, which is with their second album released in 2004, and Welcome to the Black Parade, released in 2007. Um, and then they had two other albums on the other side, which I which I also like, but I'm just mentioning the two that are most popular. Um, and in 2010, they broke up, and I thought I'd never, ever, 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 ever get to witness them anything more than just, like, so, YouTube videos. Well, so when they broke up, you were seven. When they broke up, I was seven. And when I was 11... Actually, I think they were older than... I think it was after two thousand. No, no, you were it was you were seven in two thousand. Oh no, they broke up in twenty thirteen. Sorry, right. they released their last album in twenty ten. Right, right. Quit. I'm a bad fan. I'm a poser. Um, no, yeah. I'm. They they released their last album, Danger Days. Um, in in two thousand ten, they broke up in twenty thirteen. Matter of fact, they were getting ready to record their next album, and for some, yes, no, they to had this demos. Day, to this day, no one knows the real truth. Why did they stop? You've done your research. This is good. You've done your research. <laughs> um. I think they stopped because Broadway was just going through some difficult stuff at, at, at that time. Yeah. And I think as a band, they were just like, I think we're done for now. And yep. they just sort of like completed what they were going out to do. They set out, they inspired the masses. They made people feel less alone. And I think it was just time. And, and I can respect that. Like a thousand percent, I can respect that. So um, it's 2013. You're 10. I'm 10. You're just getting into the band. You know it. And then they say, we're done. Correct. And I will say it was a little bit difficult because like so through middle school, late elementary school, whatever, whatever. So from like 2013 to 2015, I'd say I was like a relatively surface level fan. Like I listened to all their big songs, but I was also listening to a lot of like Fall Out Boy and Panic Disco and Total and Pilots and all that stuff. All of like the middle school modern day emo stuff, um, along with like some older stuff, I guess MCR I guess a lot of them are older. They just sort of had carryover power. But I was also listening to like Pierce the Veil and Sleeping with Sirens and things like that as well. And um, uh, and I will say it sort of fizzled out because I, you know, when when by by 2016 I was listening to almost exclusively K-pop. Right. So they they did fall by the wayside a bit. But um, I I listened. I had like some of their songs saved and downloaded, and I listened to. Um, you know, just a lot of their music. But then in 2018, um, I was going through some heavy stuff at the time and I was on Tumblr right? and I saw a post containing a song by my, my couple romance. And I was like, wow, I don't think I've ever seen this song. This is a little bit more of a deep cut and it's called Vampire Money. And Vampire Money is the last song, I believe, on Danger Days, their final album, and I listened to it, and I said, "This is like one of the best things I've ever ha- I've ever heard. It has energy, it has passion, right?" And I started listening to everything, and I'd say within mm, about two weeks, I'd listened to their entire discography. Um, and ever since then, I'd say I'd be like, I'm a hardcore fan. So it took me like a couple years to fully get there to be like a super hardcore fan because other stuff was just taking my attention. But I've always had you know, just a massive respect for the, for the band. And since 2018, I'd say they're, they're my favorite band of all time. And they've gotten me through so much and they have genuinely changed my life for, for the better. They have so much music that is dark and is sad, but is also really encouraging and really like looking forward to brighter days or acknowledging the pain. But putting it in like a theatrical way you're never wallowing too much in the pain except i'd say for maybe the song cancer which to be fair is about dying from cancer so like you know (laughs) it's not a very positive uplifting song yeah and i'm not gonna say all their songs are uplifting either but i think that they are sometimes you're living out of spite sometimes you're living in the world because you just can't let them take you out does that make sense yes like there's there's a lot of that in mcr there's like a lot of like i mean like so they have the song called like famous last words and the and the words in the chorus are i'm not afraid to keep on living i'm not afraid to walk this world alone and i think that's like a message that's in a lot of their songs which is no matter what happens i'm just going to keep pushing forward even if it is out of bitterness or vengefulness or whatever and then they also have a lot of concept albums Technically, all of their albums are concept albums. The concept comes through, I think, most strongly on Black Parade and Danger Days. But 
Um, Danger Days, if I again, you said I did. I did mm-hmm. my research. They took on the. Uh, they were a different band, theoretically, right? They were the, well, and so they also were that in the Black Parade. Cause they oh, were the okay. Black Parade in ah. the Black Parade. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and they were like ushering people into death. That was like the Black Parade. Danger Days was it was a dystopian corporate future set in 2019. Um, <laughs> I 2019 was less flashy, but dystopian what, corporate future. That does sound like something up your alley. It is indeed. Yeah. Um, and Gerard actually made comic books to go along with Danger Days. There are Danger Days comics, which is so cool. Um, it's called The Life of the Fabulous Killjoys, I believe, I think. And I actually have a Kill, uh, Killjoys Make Some Noise um, sticker on the back of my laptop, which is a thing that they say in one of their songs. na 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 It's actually three na's and then, you know, a bunch of parentheses. They sung, they sung that. So let's jump to 2019. Mm-hmm. I think it was like in the fall of 2019. I only say mm-hmm. that based on when I, well, sometime in 2019, they announced... They're going to get back. They're going to have a concert, right? Yes. And you were excited about that, but you were also sad about that because... Because it was in L.A. And we're, you're not in L.A. Not in L.A. No. No. No, no, no. So they have the concert in L.A. It, mm-hmm. it goes well, I'm, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And they decide, you know what? We're going to have a reunion tour. Yes. And you were excited. And you said, Dad, I must be there. Mm-hmm. That's what you said. I'm sure it's something like that anyway. Yeah, And probably. in uh, late January of 2020, I bought tickets for us to go see My Chemical Romance for September of 2020. Uh-huh. Now, January of 2020 was much different than just six to eight weeks later. That and is very correct. Everything changed. <laughs> so when we get to September of 2020, there's no concert. And mm-hmm. you were, you, you, you weren't surprised, but you were incredibly disappointed. Oh, of course. Yeah. And they, uh, I remember we had the opportunity to get our money back and we both said, you know what? We're holding on to the seats. We're going to keep them. Mm-hmm. So another year goes by. It's now September of 2021. And there was a time in 2021, we were thinking, we're going to go to the concerts. There's going to be a show. Yeah. And then it gets closer and closer and finally, the band says, mm, we're not going to be touring here in 2021. We don't think now is a good time. And I can't say I totally uh, d- disagree. My favorite band, Genesis, had a reunion tour, uh, like a farewell tour. And they played, mm-hmm. uh, they came through where, uh, where I'm at in November of 2021 and I wasn't willing to go to the concert. So. Right. No, I remember you looking forward to it, but you just like didn't I, think it was a good idea. I didn't want to be in a 20,000-seat arena at that point with all my closest friends. So Yeah, uh, <laughs> believe that. So then we get to 2022. So now we're talking, you know, two and a half years, more than two and a half years after we bought those tickets. We're now at September 2022. We're going to have the concert. So... You at this point have been in essence waiting half your life and two pandemic, two, two, two plus years of pandemic uh, stoppages to get mm-hmm. to this concert. Yes. So as we said, you're not uh, you're not home currently. So you couldn't just walk down the street to the arena or get in a car. You had to get on a plane. So, yes. So you come and we we go to uh, to see the concert. Mm-hmm. And so tell us. Tell us about the concert. Um, it was life changing. It was everything I wanted and more. Um, and like, I mean, it was. I like I and I've been trying truly for days now to just think of how to describe it. Mm-hmm. it and I kept saying to you as I was leaving the arena, it just felt like like something came to fruition. Like it felt like. Everything I'd been hoping for and dreaming for, like, there was a chapter of my life in that night that closed, weirdly enough. Like, it was like I was able to release that energy and be there and feel it. And, you know, 13-year-old me, 15-year-old me, yeah, right? Both of those people right there were able to see the result of... Of, of patience and of waiting and of getting through and 
is one of the more magical things. Well, because this is a musically themed episode, Eva, I will tell you, Tom Petty said, the waiting is the hardest part. And that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. It, you know, it, uh, you had to wait. So it was life changing. It, mm-hmm. uh, it they clo- played vampire money. I know they did. It took a lot for we me not to the, say we... that when you mentioned it earlier. No, truly. Um, it. They played vampire money, um, which was definitely quite full circle for me because obviously that was the, like the song that got me right back into um, MCR. And, you know, I, again, it was just it was extremely fulfilling. Well, let's let's take another step back. Mm-hmm. We were uh, we're at the show mm-hmm. and uh, it wasn't just My Chemical Romance. There no, were, they had two openers, which I didn't realize. I didn't really give it much thought. I didn't realize there'd be any I openers. Looked. OK, I looked. Well, of course, there's openers. There's always openers. Uh, not... At the shows I go to, there's always openers because okay. I typically go to mid-sized rock bands that then have smaller rock bands open for them. Yeah, a lot of the shows that uh, I see do not have openers. They're like, you know, we're just going to... But you see old people, no offense. But, like, I mean, you see, like, well, people what... have established long careers who aren't yeah. maybe going to have, like, the same setup. But I go... The shows that I go to... Yeah. ...have, like, a different demographic, I think, to them. That makes sense. When we saw 21 Pilots, they didn't have an opener, mm-hmm. did they? Um, oh... I think so. I don't, I don't think know. they did. I know. Panic I know. Anytime did. I've gone to Panic the Disco, Panic had an opener. Yep. Haley Kyoko was one of the openers for Panic. I was very excited about that one. But either way, yeah. they had two openers. One of them was better. One of them I'm going to have to say some mildly mean things about. <laughs> so let's let's um, go in order of how they appeared on stage. Oh no! So we're gonna have to do worst for the first. Yeah. Okay. So the first uh, person is actually a one person band situation, but like. I think he ended up having band members. Um, it's called the Homeless Gospel Choir, and he's theoretically folk punk. I I listen to folk punk, um, and I got into folk punk because I had a friend um, who who loved folk punk. I went to like local shows and like basements and stuff like that. Like he was like in the scene, right? And from what I can see, Homeless Gospel Choir is like kind of legendary. Like there is there's like a fandom for him. He's released seven albums. And for me, I think we have different in in opinion. I don't care that like cuz here's it's folk well, Wait, punk. Well, well, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Ask me my opinion and then you can show what our if we have a difference in opinion. Why would I do that? Well, because they don't know what my opinion is yet for there to be a difference. Okay. My opinion will What's be your... very <laughs> My opinion will be very quick. They were What's horrible. They were horrible. They were horrible. Okay. Now now cool. you can give me your opinion. <laughs> Okay. Well, but here's the thing. I didn't like him either, but I want to I want to make it very clear why, okay? Folk punk, I do not care if the instrument playing is good. I don't care if the singing is good. A lot of folk punk, the singing is bad. It is like whiny and screechy and lilty and like it's emotional. Like it's an emotional thing. For me, it was the message that kind of was weird. Um, it felt like he'd only realized within the past six months that America wasn't, like, shiny and that there might be some systemic issues, but, like, didn't know how to dive into them farther than buzzwords and very surface-level things. Um, and from what I can tell, what he was saying before every song, because he would yell, this is a protest song, before every single song, to the point where, like, after, he played, like, six songs, people were laughing, like, you were laughing quite uh, loudly. I definitely but I, heard was. Other, I, I heard other people laughing and, like, joking with each other, because they weren't even protest songs most of the time. But apparently that's, like, a joke, because, like, I, I, um... I like looked online and any anywhere that he goes, someone will comment, this is a protest song or did you sing any protest songs or whatever. So like apparently that's a thing. And he describes himself as someone who sings protest songs. So like that's like a main thing. I would say they were not all protest songs. I'm going to put that out there. I, I didn't get any of it being a protest song, but, you know. Well, I, I say the first one was a protest song. I think it was called Politics on Holidays. It might have been another he, he song. Did do a song called, he did do a song called Politics on Holidays. I remember that Politics title. Politics on Holidays was difficult. Because here's the thing, right? I'm ready to be attacked by the masses here. I'm very lefty. Like, I am. I'm 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 leftist, right? So I'm I'm all for music 
that shows a leftist point of view. However, yelling into an arena full of people that you're mad that your family likes Donald Trump and yelling um, virtue signal and trigger warning, right? There's not like a lot of like, you're just upset at your family, which is like fair and fine, whatever. Like we all we all get upset at our family for political opinions. Everybody does. Like I'm pretty sure there's not many people who aren't upset at one of their family members because of political views. However, he's not really di- diving into any systemic issues. And then I think my least favorite one would be where he yelled, this is a protest song about Big Pharma who gives us medicine to like numb us or like numb our emotions. That was like weird because I guess maybe he's against the concept of psychotropic medications, which I think is not a great, necessarily great opinion to have. I have opinions on psychiatrists, I will say. I do think that they, they don't really think about, you know, how things interact in your brain. I think a lot of it is throwing darts at a dartboard, but I also know that there is psychotropic medication that helps people, you know, and song wasn't about big pharma <laughs> yeah so i i actually uh i went to our favorite uh, website setlist.fm mm-hmm. and looked up the homeless gospel choir and uh, mm-hmm. their set list from uh, our show is there they mm-hmm. played uh, a song called blind faith which was a protest mm-hmm. song then they yes. played another protest song called politics on holidays protest song uh don't compare right oh that's about people not liking his tweets i'm pretty sure i think that's the one then there was tender-hearted jellyfish alien boyfriend. Correct. Which I think has to be a joke because, like, there's, like, you know, like, soft boy, ooh-woo, tiny baby boyfriend kind of. Like, there's, like, this is, this is like, the real Gen X, Gen Z conversation here. I was going to say, um, I have no idea what you just said. Right. <laughs> I think maybe he compared this more po- uh, positively, but there's, like, this stereotype of, like, these very, like, soft boys. Like, they wear, like, pastel colors, and they speak very softly, and they play guitar, but they're, like, awful. Yeah. Like, they're kind, of, they're kind of, like, mean and manipulative, and it's, like, just sort of a front to get, like, girls to like them. Like, just, like, being a soft boy. Like, that's kind of what okay. it is. So, I don't know if that was part... But he's probably phrasing it a bit more nicely. I don't know. I think the next one was the Big Farm protest song. Uh, was the Big Farm protest. Guilt Buffet. Oh, no, Guilt Buffet. I liked Guilt Buffet. You and did. let me tell you why. It was a protest song, though, right? I believe... No, no, He actually introduced it not as a protest song, but it was about... It was like a rhyme. Like, uh-huh. he's like, this is about the Guilt Buffet where everything tastes like gray and, you know, something, something, something. I liked it, and let me tell you why. Yeah. I love... And there is... there is, And I, I won't say it's not folk punk. There is a, like, little bit of folk punk that is just about kind of weird things. Does that make sense? It, you know Parks and Rec? Yeah. And you know Andy? Yes. From Parks and his band? That's like yeah. the sort of song. And okay. there's also this TikTok, I believe. There's this TikTok of this girl recording her boyfriend and his band. And it was like about the invisible, like the, the grocery store of like impossible things. And it was like, you know, invisible balloon and self-cleaning spaghetti or like, you know, just like random stuff. I like that. I think it's goofy. I liked Guilt Buffet. That was my favorite song, I would say. And I might actually listen to it even on my own time, believe it or not. Controversial opinion. With you, at least. Um, <laughs> I liked it. I, I will have to uh, go and listen to Guilt Buffet, uh, the recorded mm-hmm. version. Then uh, we had Art Punk. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Crazy. And- that was the one that's a protest song about Big Pharma. Gotcha. But but but, but I want to be very clear. I looked up the the lyrics. There was nothing about Big Pharma. There's nothing about, you know, monopolies and patents and generics versus branded. And there was nothing about, you know, having to spend thousands of dollars um, on life-saving medication. There was none of that. It was it was actually it was about religious trauma. And I kind of actually wish. And here's the thing. I don't want with any music. I don't want to just say that's horrible and then leave it. I actually think that there is an audience for Homeless Gospel Choir. First of all, I know this because he has fans. Like, he does. He has fans. And then, besides that, I think, like, rough music that is not particularly polished has an audience. The reason Homeless Gospel Choir is even here was because he was a friend of Frank Iero, who does a lot of, like, more unpolished music in his free time outside of MCR. And he's in a bunch of bands. Like, he's in so many bands. I think he's been in, like, ten or so bands throughout his time. Even, even while he was in MCR, he'd do side projects. And a lot of it is more rough. And I have no problem with that because I like that music. I just wish almost that, like, Homeless Gospel Choir would announce, like, hey, this is a song about feeling crazy because I don't fit in in the religion that I... It seems like he was, like, born-again evangelical 
raised that sort of based on the lyrics, I wish you'd have said that because that could be a protest song against what the actual lyrics were about. But it's not about big pharma. It's not about medication. It's about feeling crazy and feeling like you don't fit in and not really wanting to go to church or, you know, deal with that sort of ideology because he thinks it's wrong. And like, that's fine. Whatever you do you. And I think I would have liked that a lot better. I think there's just like a misrepresentation of what the songs are about. And I think that there, then there's like some misplaced emotion because you're expecting one type of song. You're ending up with another. Gotcha. And then the last song was rip off. Yeah. I don't remember that one. It was a protest song. I'm pretty sure. They all are. I know. (laughs) So that was a homeless gospel choir. Mm -hmm. And again, keeping in mind, I've never, uh, I'm not, I wasn't super familiar with My Chemical Romance. Like, I, right. I know some of their, I knew some of their songs going in, but uh, I didn't, again, I didn't realize there were going to be any opening acts. So this guy comes on first with his band. I'm thinking he's horrible. Yeah. A little time goes by. And now, <laughs> and now they've got like stage lights. He, the, the gospel choir people, they didn't get any stage lights or anything. They're not that fancy. Right. No. So the next band gets stage lights and, you know, I'm thinking this must be my chemical romance because they come out and they actually sound good. You took out your phone and started filming. And I had to tell you that it was an MCR. That's right. <laughs> and it turns out it's this band. The, the second opening act before MCR was a band called Thursday. Now, before uh, we saw the show, were you familiar with Thursday? Um, Very vaguely. Like, I don't think I'd ever listened to their music, but um, I did know the lead singer. So, okay. like, I know of the lead singer because the lead singer had produced um, MCR's first album. Yeah. And that's how I, that's how I knew. I, I didn't really know that, like, he was in, in a band. Like, I'd heard of Thursday, but I didn't know he was in Thursday. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. And, like, but but I there but there's, like, videos um, of, like, producing the first album and stuff. Like, I knew he existed. Um, but I never really heard the music. I really liked it. I really, really liked it. I did too. It was so good. I did too. I need to uh, go back and listen to them and doing Mm -hmm. uh, just a little research on them uh, after the show because I was interested in them. Uh, They've been together off and on since 2000. Since 1997. Oh, 1997. I think their first album Mm -hmm. was in, actually, I've got, I've got the magic of iTunes in front of me. They, uh, they came out with their first album in 99. Yes. And I believe their two most popular albums were their second and third album, Full Collapse and War All the Time. And, you know, they played uh, they, they played some songs that, uh, I mean, I'll say the names of them. I, I'd never heard them before, but I, I'm going to uh, take some time to go back. Uh, they Cross Out the Eyes I liked a lot. Cross Out the Eyes I think might have been my favorite. It was so good. Uh, yeah, I liked that song a lot. Uh, they they did a they did a song called uh, Signals Over the Air. And keep in mind, I have the advantage mm-hmm. of having the names of the songs in front of me. I'm not doing this all from memory, but I remember the the songs. Uh, I liked all the songs. I will say Cross Out the Eyes is the one that has been stuck in my head. Like you... that one has just been in my head. I like screaming. I there was screaming in that one. That was fun. No, it was really good. And and I'm not generally, as you know, a mm-hmm. screamy guy yeah. when it comes to music mm-hmm. the the other one that jumped out at me more so because of the person they brought out on stage was uh <laughs> the song understanding in a car crash yes because it's with andy green anthony and actually green. my favorite yeah anthony green sorry yeah, that's okay See, i'm not familiar with him yeah but there was one girl behind us who was and um she was screaming so loudly <laughs> like it was like she had met her her hero and very possible um but like it was it was genuinely amazing to um i don't know why hear. they brought him out i mean i looked him up and he's i'm not a, even sure he sung anything that's right he is a singer and he's in different bands as well but they bring right. him out and anyone who's listening to this if they're familiar with the mighty mighty boss tones there's mm-hmm. a member of the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones who literally all the person does is stand at the front of the stage and like dance. I don't like I don't right. know what that person Except does. Except I think I think um, Anthony Green did his job worse. It was like one of the worst. Like it was just it was like flailing. It was hilarious. I loved it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If the concert's aim was to entertain, they did it. I will say. Yeah. Like I was entertained. I mean, even even with Homeless Gospel Choir, right? I was entertained. Yeah. I had a good time. I was entertained. Like, You're right. Like that's that's I think if the goal is to entertain, they definitely did it. Um, do you listen to ska? 
Sorry, that's just like that's just like a, a side deal because you brought up the mighty mighty boss tones. But um, you like a ska fan? I wouldn't say I'm a ska fan. I think I'm uh, ska adjacent, meaning like you take a band mm-hmm. like New Doubt, which became really mm-hmm. big. They're right, they were some, ska. They're, yeah, their roots are in ska, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. call them. It's sort of like I was a big fan of the Police. It would be like calling mm-hmm. them a reggae band. They weren't a reggae right. band, but they right, have some. But you know, they're reggae adjacent, if you will. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, no, no, I really like Thursday so much, and it's it's nice to hear because honestly, like, I discover new songs all the time, but I don't have like a lot of bands. Like, I think. You have a lot of bands that you can, like, list and be like, I know all of their songs and all their songs and all their songs. I know a lot of, lot of songs, but I probably have, like, more artist diversity than you do mm-hmm. because I don't listen in depth to a lot of people's discography. I'm more interested in just knowing about all of the music that I possibly can. And then, you know, I'd say maybe there's, like, 20 to 30, maybe, bands that over time I have just listened to everything and, like, loved. Um, but it, it wasn't, like... Um, for for most things, I'm not diving that much into depth. So it's good to just find, like, another band to listen to more songs to. I love music discovery. I do it on my own time. But it's good. It's, like, different. It's different to, like, sit down in a seat and hear something you've never heard before and be like, yes, that. That's a thing. I, I'm I, not uh, an algorithm. I use you for about 70% of my music discovery. Thank you. I do a lot of music discovery on my own time. So I'm responsible for almost 100% of my music discovery. And then I right. pass it on to others like a gift. Yeah, I mean, I either I'll listen to on SiriusXM different channels that'll bring me new stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of times uh, you'll be the one that will bring me a new song, yeah. and then I might. Well, I will make... also make you playlists. Well, so right, that... right, and then oh. I will go and I will listen to more songs from that group if I mm-hmm. tend to, you know, tend to like them. Which is good. I I really like the fact, like I I've always liked the fact that we can like share music taste. Yeah. Like our our tastes are diverge certainly in certain ways, but I'd mm-hmm. say we have like a good thirty to forty percent of common ground, where we can be like cool. And I think that that thirty to forty percent has stretched from maybe ten to twenty percent because we're getting that exchange. Mm-hmm. You know, I listen to a lot more like like Smashing Pumpkins and like REM and stuff than I did previously. Right. You know. Because you introduced it to me. And you listened to, like, I mean, you had, like, a mother-mother phase when I had my mother-mother phase. And you yep. listened to 21 Pilots and stuff like that because of me. So I think it's cool because the more we exchange, the wider that, like, surface level and, like, commonality gets. Well, I'll tell you, a, a uh, so 21 Pilots would be the best example of a band mm-hmm. that I would just say, regardless of you, I'm a fan of now. Like, yeah. I, you made me a fan of that band. A band, a band that I've gone much deeper on because of you mm-hmm. is a band I had already heard of, but I mm-hmm. would only hear a song or two here or there. Uh, Cage the Elephant. That's, oh, yeah. I love Cage the Elephant. That's another band I've gotten more into uh, mm-hmm. after you. And I'm going to make you like Tame yeah. Impala, even if it's the last thing I do. I keep sending you Tame Impala songs, and I don't think it's ever clicked, but I'm just going to keep trying. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I really like Tame Impala, and I want you to like Tame Impala. But, um, but yes, yeah, yeah, no, it's so, good. So the point of all this Thursday is a band that, uh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to listen to some of their music and see, uh, how it, how it feels to me when I'm not in a 15,000, uh, to 20,000 seat hockey arena listening to them, but yes. I like them. So real lies, real eyes, real lies. Sorry. That's like a thing, you know, like you can take like realize and then you just break it up. It's like a meme. It's uh-huh. a meme. Oh, See, the word, when we oh, talk the about, word realize. Right. Yeah. Realize. Real, real eyes. Right. Real lies. Oh, Ooh, deep. That, that I took know. me a second. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's a meme. But <laughs> okay. it, it was stuck in my head because of cross out the eyes. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? That's how. Yes. It's a meme. You know, whenever we talk about the whole like, oh, we're different ages. We're correct. We're connecting. I think even just like the way we communicate is very different because I spend a lot of time quoting Internet things. And that you have no idea exist, and <laughs> and I speak in full sentences. <laughs> and you speak in full sentences. There you it's go. Good for you, I know you were educated well. Yeah. The internet shaped me. Um, and <laughs> I didn't get and no you know. learning when I was in school, so I learned from the internet. <laughs> I will say, my education was subpar. That's a different topic, but yeah, it's that's true. A, that's another um, episode. So that is another. Episode. So now Thursday, the band Thursday is finished. <laughs> and we're waiting and we're excited because we think oh, it was so good. And then uh, what was what I thought was really interesting was talk about getting um, uh, anticipation up. All of a sudden, the lights go down 
mm-hmm. and this rumbling i don't even know how to describe the sound it was like this i'm gonna call it music but it really wasn't music it was just sound it was bass it okay. was bass is what it was is they just turned up bass and so it was like it was the rumbling how many minutes do you think that played before they came out a good 15 to 20 minutes. You think it was that long? It was long. I mean, regardless, it, <laughs> it was, was long. It was a while. Well, yeah. again, the crowd also cheered for everyone. There was, like, a guy vacuuming the stage. They cheered Everyone's for the vacuum guy. For. That's right. There was a huge vacuum. There was also somebody vaping in the crowd and, like, blowing huge crowds, clouds in the air. They were also cheering for that, which I was confused for a second because I'm like, no one's on stage. And then I looked into the pit, and there was, like, a big cloud of vape dis- uh, dissipating. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they're cheering for that. Um... And apparently there was someone, like, smoking weed in the pit. And I really like, anyway, it's a whole thing. Um, you, wait a minute, but, wait a minute. You mean someone was smoking weed at a music concert? Oh, no. How dare. I've never That's even never heard of that. Before. Exactly. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh, no. Um, no, I just remember reading tweets afterwards, like, whoever was smoking weed in the pit, why didn't you share any with me? Like, there's, like, you know, just, like, a lot of tweets about that. Gotcha. Um, but basically someone's vaping the crowd. People are cheering for that. Um, any roadie who was on the stage immediately got cheered for again even if they were very very clearly backstage like dressed in like full black outfits with like headsets on people were still cheering it was it was amazing i mean i think that was the thing is like you're dealing with everyone has somewhat but somewhere between about three and 12 years of built-up terrible anticipation of like you know because i mean some people hadn't seen them for half of their life like even when they were together maybe you last saw them when they were touring for black parade right right if you last saw them in 2008, like, that's a while, you know? So, the what, as we're waiting for the concert to start, mm-hmm. like, the it's rumbling and the, the bass is going, what were, what were your expectations? Did you have any expectations? No, I'm going to be honest. I was sort of out of it. Like, it was so overwhelming to mm-hmm. me. I kind of went numb for a bit. Every single concert I am at, I feel really disassociated until something brings me to. Typically, it's the music. And that's why I end up crying. I ended up crying at this concert, but most concerts I cry at. This concert, I teared up like four times. But the energy, I think, translated differently this time. Yeah. Um, But, like, I still eventually like, broke through. And I'm like, wow, this is real. But I think it was almost harder for me to believe that, like, it, it, it was, like, it just felt, I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing. So, one thing you guys should know is, uh, you know, some bands... You, they're going to play the same 20 songs or whatever it is every night. A lot of it's because mm-hmm. it's a stage show where all the lights are tied to the music and you can't mm-hmm. really change the set list. Other bands are known for playing something different every night. So for you Gen Xers out there, Pearl Jam would be an example. You, mm-hmm. If you see them one night, they're not going to play the same set list, certainly not in the same order as they did the, the previous night. So MCR on this tour, there's been about five or six songs that if you go and look, they've played every single show. And then there's a whole bunch of other songs that they're rotating in and out depending on the night. So going into the show, I know that you were hoping they would play certain songs. And as they're going through the concert, I'm watching Eva to see how she reacts. Now, if you would just go by Eva's reaction, they played the perfect set list. Because every song they played, she reacted like, oh, I'm so excited. You know, this is great. And it just also shows how many songs of theirs you, you like. But, Correct. But I, that, was, that was a worry. You know, I wanted it to be the perfect concert for you, right? So that was my worry. Like, right. oh, what if they don't play the songs she wants? Well, here's the thing, right? I could have my preferences, and obviously, like, I do. But anything they would have played, I would have been happy with because I was there and I was hearing them sing it. And they played a fair number of songs that I was very happy with. Like, I knew the five or six songs everyone knows they were going to play and I was very, very happy about it. But, like, there were a couple songs. um, Vampire Money, Boy Division, um, They Know What... You Know What They Do to Guys Like Us in Prison. Right. Those are three songs that weren't guaranteed to be played. And they played. Um, They also played Mama, which Mm -hmm. was not necessarily played at every show. That was amazing. Um... But it was great. I ha- I mean, I'm, I am, I'm reorganizing it still because I'm very picky about things. But I'm going to send you my dream playlist, by the way, for the MCR set because, like, I'm going to be honest. They played a lot of songs from Bullets, and I that's my least favorite album because it just it wasn't you know it wasn't the most realized. It was their first album, and I think they were still getting into the groove of things. I did like that they played Our Lady of Sorrows because I really like that song. Um, and 
they played Vampires Will Ever Hurt You, and that's like a classic. So that's like nice. Yeah, um, they played uh, they played three songs from uh, their their first album. I, I will say one thing that I appreciated is, uh, and you didn't see this in every show, they were fairly balanced mm-hmm. in what they played. They played, and, and I'm going to throw out some songs at you in a moment and get your uh, opinions on not just as songs but as performances. Right. But they played uh, five songs from Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which is your favorite album, by the way? Yes, that right? is my favorite That album. is your favorite mm-hmm. album, right. Yes. Uh, they played four songs from The Black Parade. And, and by the way, if you're following their set list, that is probably, from what I can tell, their most known album in a lot of ways. Would you Correct. semi-agree with that? You would agree with that. Yeah, okay. I would entirely agree with okay. that, yes. There were some shows where they've played like seven or eight songs from The Black Parade. So they play mm-hmm. four songs from The Black Parade. They play three songs from Danger Days, three songs from Bullets. Uh, and then you'll have to help me with these because you'll know the ones that aren't like the main albums. Uh, right. you think, what's Conventional Weapons? Conventional Weapons is a series of, I believe, five EPs with two songs each. That's where Boy Division is from. And Surrender the Night, which they played was and, from that. Yes, and Surrender the Night, but that's... Yeah, yeah, Surrender the Night is from Conventional Weapons. I don't listen to, I'm going to be honest, I don't listen to Surrender the Night. My favorite Conventional Weapons EP is one, and it has Tomorrow's Money and Boy Division on it. Mm-hmm. And those are, like, the best ones. I don't even really listen to that much. I've like, I've, I think I've listened to all the Conventional Weapons at least once, but one is my favorite. Okay. And that, <laughs> that's the one I remember, I'd say, the most. And then what is uh, Life on the Murder Scene? That's where Desert Song was from. Correct. Life on the Murder Scene... Um, oh goodness, I'm trying to remember how to phrase this exactly. Okay, so Life on the Murder Scene was like their, um, their like live thing, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Life on the Murder Scene was, um, their tour for, I believe, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Um, it also came with a documentary. Yeah, uh, so you've, I, ever... you've got it mostly right. It came out in 2006, and I'm, I'm looking at it again on, on Apple Music, and it looks like most but de- of it. But Desert Song was just like an extra thing to put on there along with Bury Me in Black because they typically, so Life on the Murder scene. So they have B-sides for both and the Danger Days B-sides were like just released for streaming, I believe, recently. Yeah. Um, And then they have the Black Parade B-sides and I guess Desert Song could be considered like a a Three Cheers B-side, but it was it was on the live album. But it wasn't live. Makes sense. Makes sense. You know, it does. Know. I'm looking at the album. It looks like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it looks like there were nine live songs. That's Bury the best me, way I can explain. Yeah, it. <laughs> "Bury Me in Black," which you said the demo version of, and then mm-hmm. "Desert Song," which I guess was a new song which uh, they had on there. But you know, correct. And it wasn't even a little confusing. Best way to explain well, it. Though. And it's not a live album in the traditional sense because the live uh, they came from different places and, and yes. such. So either way, it's not a main album though. That's where it came from. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's. I'm going to throw out a cut some songs at you, and I'm interested okay. in your thoughts on them. So they opened. They opened. <laughs> so was that not like lively enough? I, amazing. No, Thank no. You, so I'm sorry. Fun. No, no. Amazing. I'm. I'm sorry. I thought when you said amazing, you were just saying no matter what I what you say, Rich. I'm going to say or Dad. I'm going to oh. say amazing. So it's amazing. Oh, it's well, all good. You know, you're mean. What we're doing is amazing. Great. Yeah. So they opened the show with their first new song since 2010 or whenever it was. Foundations. What are your thoughts on the new song? I like Foundations of Decay. I think I'm trapped by my own nostalgia. I think I am. I think I'm held back by it a bit. Foundations of Decay is a really, really good song. If it was released on previous albums, it would have been one of my most listened. Like, it would have been great. Um... But every time I listen to it, I'm like a little bit melancholy because I'm like, oh, they're not together. But I was really glad to have like have a song. And I listened to it a fair number of times. It's a good song. Um, I listen to a lot of shorter songs. And I think Foundations is like over five minutes. It's a longer so, like, song, like, yeah. Long for me. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really liked it. And I'm glad they opened with it. I'm glad like there there's a bit of me that is so happy that they're like touring with like a new song. It's not a new album, but it's like they're touring with a new song. They have like a reason other than just, you know, nostalgia coming back together right like yeah they have like new music so cool yeah i need to go back and listen to that song because when it came out i listened to it Mm -hmm. i wasn't necessarily all that enamored by it but i really Mm -hmm. enjoyed enjoyed it live when they opened the show so i think i need to go back and and listen to it they're just good performers too so it's like not even they're just good at performing so they uh they start with foundations of decay they go right into i'm not okay which, yeah, uh, classic. Yeah, I was going to say I could tell just by 
as someone who likes music, I could tell you very easily without knowing which are the songs that were the quote unquote popular songs. I mean, they're not hard. That's to one pick of the out. big songs off of Three Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I would if if I knew nothing of the band, just going and listening to it, I'm going to work. I'll work down the list. So they go, I'm not okay. Uh, it'll be the songs that I remember the best. So mm-hmm. then they go into Our Lady of Sorrows. If you have any mm-hmm. thoughts on any of these songs, jump in. I'm just going to go down the I list. I like Our Lady of Sorrows. It's a good song. Uh, <laughs> That's this, my thought on that one. This is the best day ever, which they dedicated to Thursday. Which is very nice. Um, and I do like that song. Although I will say, I don't listen to it very regularly. Uh, summertime. Summertime's good. Although here's the thing. If they wanted a slower song from danger days i would have preferred to hear bulletproof heart but i'm glad that they played summertime and i i i don't they think played, there's enough uh, of- by the way they played bulletproof heart during sound check but they did not yeah, play it in the concert i know i was yeah. sad about it but i i'm really glad there isn't like a ton of appreciation for the slower songs on danger days and i really like you know i like summertime i like the kids from yesterday i like bulletproof heart i like scarecrow that's maybe more controversial opinion i'm not even sure that many people listen to scarecrow i really like scarecrow um, so I'm just glad it was there, you know. Then, uh, so this song, the Nana song that you mentioned, yes, that was popular, right? Very pop, yeah. yeah it's popular. It was like the probably the biggest song off of. It was a single. So. Yeah, so that one jumps out at me as like this one's catchy. It's a good song to scream. It's a good fun. It's fun. Give him hell, kid. Good song. I like that song. It was it was I think my favorite off of Three Cheers for a bit. It's not my favorite anymore, but it was for a time. Then the prison guy song, you know what they do to guys like us in prison. I love the prison guy song because it's again, it's very good to scream, but I mean it's essentially about committing crimes and then being gay in prison. Isn't that like fun? It's a fun song. So, um, you know. Oh, but I can't. How are just two men as God made us? Well I can. Well, I can't. Well, no, I, well, I can't, but I can't. Too much, too late, and just not enough of this. Those are lyrics. Should I keep going? Yeah. Okay. No, we'll move on. And then, of course, the 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 next song was a song that, uh, you know, the, the non-fan, which would be me, knows. They, they still mm-hmm. played on the radio, Welcome to the Black Parade. Everyone knows that song. And I had the controversial opinion that I kind of would. If it was my own tailored concert, they wouldn't play it. Because, like, I, I know it, so everyone knows it. And it's very anthemic, and I totally get why, like, people want to hear it in concert. You know, um, but I think that there's, like, a couple other songs, like, even just ones that they played later in the concert that have the same effect that I would say I like more. Like, I wouldn't, the Black Parade is not my favorite song on the Black Parade album, and I'm not even sure it's in my top five. Like, it's a good song. But it's it just but I don't like that type of But music. you get if if uh, MCR is playing a live concert, they can't they not have play to. that song. No, it's it's their Bohemian Ra- Bohemian Rhapsody. Like right. legitimately, that is like it's it's it is the long song anthem, many many parts, like revolutionary, lovely song. And so, yeah. like I understand they got it, but like you know. Uh, then they uh, go into teenagers, which uh, was a on, that was on the same album, right? album yeah another classic then uh the one we mentioned earlier in the show vampire money vampire money one of my favorites so uh good. boy division i love boy division also really good truly they played like three songs in a row that were like amazing what's the song after this one? mama right that's like good song to scream a lot of feelings a lot of feelings in and, mama yeah no right right and then <laughs> uh they go into surrender the night uh mm-hmm. hang them high yep Vampires will never hurt you. Yeah, and then they did. They play "Hang 'Em High" at our show. They did, according How to. How do I have no memory of that? Because, like, genuinely, that's one of my favorite songs. And the fact that I don't remember that. Wait, 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 wait. No, I remember it. Never mind. Okay, good. All right. Then they finished the main set with uh, "Famous Last Words." Another one that I would say to you is a popular song. You could just "Famous tell. Last Words" is a very good song, also to sing, and it makes you feel like you're gonna cry. My, maybe that's a me thing. I don't know. I have quite, <laughs> I have quite the sentimental connection to this song, so you know. Uh, then they go into uh, they come back and play Helena. Yeah, which, which is, again, I I think yeah. so. What I was referring to when I'm like, well, there's other you know, bring the crowd together songs that I think have like a similar energy. I like Helena. I think it's a really good song. I it's agree. definitely a song I've heard a million times. It's not my favorite song on Three Cheers, but it. It, I think, serves the same purpose as Welcome to the Black Parade, but 
there's something I think more emotional of hearing the entire crowd saying like, what's the worst that I can say? Things are better if I stay. Like, come on, come on. Yep. We meet again when our cars collide. The entire crowd, like, it was it was a spiritual experience. It rebirthed me. Yeah. I'm a new person now. Like, genuinely, it's, like, amazing. It, it was. I, I And that would have been a potentially good place to end the show. But they... Uh, but then they played Desert Song. <laughs> they played Desert Song. I like Desert Song. Yeah. But they had other stuff on the sound check that I think, like, if they p- played Bulletproof Heart at the end... I would have loved that. Like, I think, but here's the thing. Desert Song has a very specific history with the band and like, I respect it and they're playing it again. And, and, and I, and I, and, and I love it. And as a diehard, meaning you, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's probably good to, you know, say you probably like the fact that they, they're digging a little deeper in the catalog for some of these. I do appreciate that. Although to be fair, Bulletproof Heart is kind of a deep cut. The, the thing is my favorite song is the, not including the hidden track called Blood, so uh-huh. it's not even like an official track. On My what favorite album? song. Where do on I find Blood? Parade. It's on the Black Parade. Okay. Yeah. So. Not including the hidden track, my favorite song on the Black Parade and my favorite MCR song of all time is the least listened to song on that album. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. My favorite song, Sleep, and they've played it on other on other shows but not often i think from what i can tell from the stats they don't play it very often and and as you know we looked they played it the show before ours very true yeah um so (laughs) it's it's a hit song um and oh and they were also sound checking um i never told you what i do for a living that would have been also very cool to, to hear it the encore as well because that's i think my second favorite um, MCR song but either way all this motivated me to do is find out some way to sneak into every single MCR show that I could possibly like like I like I swear I will I will do anything to to get myself a new concert well it was so good I'll close off uh, our discussion of the concert by saying mm-hmm. as as the person that was familiar with some of their music but certainly not a big fan I thought it was a it was a great show and mm-hmm. I I look at it on a couple of different levels. Number one, uh, I thought musically they played well. They sounded good. Mm-hmm. Number two, as your father, it was just incredible for me to see how excited and happy you were. And number three, which is somewhat connected to number two, the entire the entire arena was like that. Like it mm-hmm. honestly felt like like I'm getting honestly I'm getting uh, goosebumps thinking mm-hmm. about it. I felt like the dreams of an entire arena were came true at one time. It's, I think, the best crowd I've ever been in. I mean, it was just genuinely, like, everyone there was... Because, you know, with more, like, touring bands, I think you find people who, like, just found the band. Um, and, like, I am all for people discovering bands. Because here's the thing. I was new to every band at one point, right? So I have no, like, issue. Like, I'm not going to call anyone, like, a fake fan or anything. But what's different about this one is everyone had been waiting for years. Right. You know? So it wasn't, like, something that you found at the beginning of the summer and were like, wow, I love them now. It was, like, everyone was equally nostalgic. Everyone was equally anticipatory. Everyone. And that created such a, an amazing crowd because everyone was just full. Like, they were just overjoyed. Like, people don't use that word enough. I was overjoyed. Yeah. I, it was perfect. It was perfect. Yeah, and, and, and Gerard I, was great. Gerard uh, still sings great. Everyone's yep. great. Ray Toro was like on fire that night. He was doing so good. Every and like Mike Ray, was Ray like Toro, smiling Ray Toro was the lead guitarist, right? He does the solos. Yeah, and they have some good guitar solos, by the way. They have some really good guitar solos in MCR. Um, and you know, and um, and like Frank Iyer is doing great, and Mike was like smiling, and he like just seemed like happy there, which yeah. is like so good. And Gerard is doing great. Gerard is also doing different costumes every single night um the the most recent concert i believe was riot fest um i think that was the most recent one that they did it is um as as and, when we, as of when we recorded this it was the most recent okay um yeah there'll be more but he, he did like a jackie kennedy type situation with like a scarf and like a little like uh dress suit and like like high heel boots and whatnot at our show he was wearing hawaiian shirt and like fake bullet hole in his head um, the night before he called it relaxed. He called it relaxed. He's on mm. vacation. Yeah. The night before, he was like a nurse 
He's like in a nurse costume, like old 1940s nurse costume. He had a cheerleading outfit specifically altered for him. I love it. I love it so much. He's having a good time. I love it so much. It makes me so happy um, to just like, it's like, you know, the theatrics are still there and the performance is still there. And I think they're having a good time. And I like that. Excellent. Well, it was a, <laughs> it was a, li- it was a life changing experience for you. It was amazing. And it was, uh, I, would, I wouldn't call it life-changing for me, but it was an experience that is very much burned in me at this point. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go back actually and listen to some more MCR. and uh, And Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I will stay away from the Homeless Gospel Choir. Because, you know, you have to like everything. It's right. life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in, in just the last few minutes we've got here, Mm-hmm. Let's stay on music, though. Okay. Are there any other concerts, any other uh, bands that are, I'm mm-hmm. not comparing it to MCR, but any other bands that are out there right now that you just, if you could, you really want to go see? I really want to see an I Don't Know How But They Found Me concert. Okay. Um, I, what, uh, I think... You know what? Just, uh, mm-hmm. What kind of band are they? What kind of music do they play? They're like modern 80s synth alt rock pop situation <laughs> so is it, is it fair to say eva that there's a good amount of music today mm-hmm. that what you just described specifically uh the the synth pop 80s it's mm-hmm. kind of come back like a band that i like a lot uh that you also somewhat got mm-hmm. me onto bleachers a lot of yeah. their music sounds like it's from the 80s Yes, although I would say I don't know how but they found me is even more like it literally sounds direct like it directly. It's very weird. Um, I don't know if you ever heard them. I think I've maybe forced you to listen to a couple. I think I Razzmatazz. You've listened to Razzmatazz, but I don't know how well you remember. But it was like eighties, eighties. Okay. Um, but other ones I like to see. I'd love to see like Japanese Breakfast live. Um, what kind of band are they? They're like alt pop okay. situation, but kind of different than a lot of alt pop it's soft it's whimsical it's magical um on their latest album like they have my favorite song by them's paprika it starts their first song it's and it's got their, uh, the first song on their album um and it has um i mean it has like drums like marching band drums in it and it's like light and flowy and like uplifting you feel like you're flying like it's a beautiful um so that's great. By, uh, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. by the way, I don't know how they found me. To your point, as far as uh, mm-hmm. kind of uh, what kind of band they are, they according to Apple Music, they take their influence from Sparks, Elvis Costello, Talking Heads, and the Ink Spots. They sound like Oingo Boingo. They or, do legitimately. Okay. They sound like Oingo Boingo. Right. Um, so, but like you know, I like Oingo Boingo. Sure. Oingo Boingo. Yep. Oh my goodness, I can't even say it. But you know, I like them. So I like, you know, like, I don't know how they found me. Um, controversial band. Nobody seems to like them. I like them. I want to see Wet Leg. I want to see Wet Leg in concert. I like spoken word kind of stuff, and they do spoken word kind of stuff. And people are like, oh, they don't even make real music. They're posers. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I want to see Ali X. I want to see Charlie XCX. I want to see Marina. But like, I want to go back in time. Like before, I don't want to. Before Marina broke up Marina. with the diamonds. I want her with the diamonds. Although to be fair, it was always only her. Um, uh, for K-pop concerts, yeah, I want to see Stacy. I want to see Stacy. I want to see Magdalena Bay. I love Magdalena Bay. They do like sort of dreamy, synthy alt pop as well. And I and their their first album has basically been on repeat for for really since it's come out. For me, I have all of their songs downloaded and like. It's like a big thing. I'd love to see Magdalena Bay. Um, so, I mean, I think those are probably at this point, like my main ones um, that, oh, I'd like to see Destroy Boys. Destroy Boys would be cool. They were playing at um, Riot this year. Fun fact. And what what and they, type of music do they play? They do like punk. I think, I mean, they have a guy in their band, but if, if it was like the nineties, I think they'd be considered like Riot Girl. Um, okay. And I, they're, you know, they're just like punk and fun. Oh, I want to see Rina Sawayama. Um, and you want to see Rina Sawayama? Um, and the Pixies. I want to see Pixies, but like, you know, when they were together for the first time when their album came out. 
Like the first one. Yeah, like but when I was, you mean, that, you mean when I was growing up, you want to see them. When you were growing up, yeah. No, only the first album when they were all together before the Breeders started, before uh-huh. Kim Let the Band, before they all disintegrated and they kept releasing music, but it wasn't really good anymore. I want the first one. Did you like the Breeders at all, though? I do. Yeah, I, I do like too. Safari. Have yeah. you ever heard Safari? I have. I like Safari. Yeah. That's a popular one, but I really like Safari. Yeah. Um, and like Cannibal is good. That's obviously like their most well-known one, but I think I like Safari better. I, I need to dive more into the breeders, but I've listened to, I don't know, I'd say maybe like five or six songs by them. I yeah. like them. Well, I've had a big month of music. So I saw Sting and mm-hmm. he still sounds great. He's 70 years old and it's like the guy doesn't age. Oh, wow. And what's great about seeing Sting, it's like seeing two two shows in one because he's uh, you know from the police. So mm-hmm. he, he plays uh, police songs and he plays his solo songs. So he was great. Then I saw, are you familiar with the band? And when I say familiar, I don't pretend that you've heard their music, but just the name. Mm-hmm. Pink Floyd? Yeah, I know Pink Floyd. So I saw someone called, or a band called Australian Pink Floyd. So not Pink Floyd. No, they're not together anymore. So <laughs> this is a, a group that in essence is a, it would be not fair to them to call, the, it would not be fair just to call them a Pink Floyd cover band. Because, mm-hmm. number one, they play great, and they attempt to recreate the concerts the way they were. So they're like a really good cover band. And they've got, you know, the, a great light show, and there's screens behind them. And, I mean, mm-hmm. it was an amazing show. Like, oh, that's good. Like, it was much better than I was... I mean, I shouldn't say it's much better than I was expecting it to be in the sense that I, I thought it was going to be good. But it was right. really good. Then uh, then I saw Stevie Nicks. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, another one of those two concerts in one. You get some Fleetwood Mac along with the solo songs. Uh, The highlight for me was probably uh, Landslide. Yes, I saw the video you took of that. I love Landslide. Very sentimental song to me. Very nostalgic because it reminds me of my childhood. And then the fact that, you know, you can't stop the sands of time. It, that's what the song's about. Anyway, but it, but here's the thing. Weirdly enough, the song, the, 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 the things that the song is about are exactly how... Like, cause I heard it when I was a kid, right. cause of you, right? And so that makes me think of me getting older every time I, every time I hear it. Even you know, apropos of the lyrics, like it, it's separate, right? So I get that. Uh, and then I saw MCR with you, so I've seen yes. this just in the last month. So I've been, I've had an active music. You've uh, had a concert a week, pretty much. That's cool. My, uh, as I was thinking of. As I was asking you about concerts, I was thinking mm-hmm. about shows that I would like to see. And un- unfortunately, I started thinking about concerts that I'm never going to get to see. Like I mentioned Tom Petty earlier. Mm-hmm. Like I'm totally bummed out. I've never I never saw Tom Petty in the Heartbreakers. Yeah, that would have been a great show. Um, I, uh, I I've never seen I never saw the police, even though mm-hmm. I will tell you from my perspective, I've seen Sting three times and that probably is good enough. Uh, right. <laughs> I've heard a lot of police songs live, frankly, at this point. But those were, were two that uh, jumped out. And the other thing that jumped out. I want to see Panic! The Disco, but only in the uh, Fever You Can't Spit Out era. Uh-huh. When they were like new and still liked being a band together. And Ryan Ross was there. And um, uh, what's his name? Who's the lead singer? Why can't I remember the lead singer's Brendan name? Brendan Brendan Urie hadn't like ruined his voice from doing all the high notes so the teenage girls would yell right. at him. That, that uh, did like, jump, squeal as and I faint. told you, that's what jumped out at me the most when we saw them live. He's ruined his voice now. It's all over and the music is so bad, but I would love to see him doing a Fever Can't Sweat Out era because that, that album also I think was quite formative for me. Right. So yeah, you know, I've been you can never see it. That will well, never happen. Well, your uh, your MCR experience, to some extent, not exactly mm-hmm. the same, reminds me of when I saw Genesis in 2007. They mm-hmm. had made their last album with Phil Collins in 91, 1991, you know, last century. A long time. And, yeah. <laughs> and then they, uh, they toured behind it in 92. And mm-hmm. that was the first time I saw Genesis play live because uh, I wasn't too young to see them earlier than that. But I didn't really go to concerts when I was, you know, 14, 15 years old. I'm very lucky then, aren't I? Well, comparatively speaking to me, I'm, I believe yes. other people did go to concerts. I just didn't. Yeah. My parents were really into music, and I don't know. I just wasn't as fanatical about music the way I am today. So, mm-hmm. so I saw him in 92, and then uh, after that tour, a couple years later, Phil said that he was no longer going to be in the band. So I thought that was it. 
And then uh, it would have been 15 years later, 2007, they got back together for a, a reunion. And I went mm-hmm. to see them uh, live. And it was an amazing experience. Uh, it was also good because in some ways, similar to the MCR concert, they weren't touring behind a new album. So right. they were able to uh, spread out the, the set list from an era perspective a little bit. But it's uh, music is uh, how would you, music is magical, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, Entirely. Like it, uh, it, it you can find songs to match any emotion you feel. Mm-hmm. And lots of music like creates emotions in you. A thousand percent. I mean, I've always been very into music. I would say it probably took till I got like access to the internet for me to get really, really into music because while I liked pop music, a lot of the music that I really discovered that I liked wasn't being played on the radio at like the time I was a kid. Um, so I got really, really into music probably once I hit like the age of 11. Um, but even before then, I mean, I, I, really, I really like Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga and Katy Perry and whatever and, you know, just like pop music. Um, but once I realized that there was music that was like sad and there's music that there was angry and dreamy and hopeful, like there was just like so much out there. I, I honestly have trouble imagining people who who don't like music, weirdly enough, like, you know, because there are people who just don't really care much for music. Like they'll listen to it. They don't hate it or anything, but they're not going to seek it out. They're not going to be listening to it for, you know the 12 to 16 hours a week on average that I listen to music. Um, like that's just not going to happen. And it's so interesting to me. Um, I've been, you know, I've been going through a lot of like change recently. And so I've been listening to a lot of like hopeful songs to try to like balance it out. Um, when, when I was getting ready to move, I kept listening, um, to a song by the talking heads um, called, um, I don't know why my brain doesn't work anymore. I like, okay, I have COVID and my brain doesn't work anymore, but that's whatever. Once a lifetime. <laughs> you're blaming, I know why. You're blaming it on COVID, huh? No, because COVID brain fog's yeah, a real thing, I, Yes, it is. I, I hear you. I hear you. I can't remember names of things anymore. Anyway, I was listening to Once in a Lifetime a right. lot. And it's like, you know, it's this very quirky spoken word song, and I like spoken word songs, so it works for me. Yep. And it's just about everything, you know, changing and happening and just sort of like going with it and whatever and that helped me get through it yep and mcr helped me get through things and really everything i listen to is to help me get through things or to make new emotions happen right and it's amazing you just make new emotions happen listening to music amazing if, if anyone's out there who doesn't listen to music in their free time a ton why I'm, i want to know i'm curious like i'm genuinely curious well, speaking of music, as we uh, wrap this up, I have my first mm-hmm. in-person guitar lesson today. I've been trying to learn guitar for a year now, but I've decided to, uh, instead of just watching online lessons, I'm going to see what happens if I can sit right next to a teacher. So I got my first in-person lesson today. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the meantime, I got to tell you, this, uh, this conversation has been emotional. It's tired me out. Mm-hmm. I think I need more coffee. Oh, well, great. <laughs> Enjoy it. I'm going to have some sushi because I got some for lunch. Excellent. You eat your sushi. I'll take my guitar lesson, drink my coffee, and we'll talk next week. Yeah, sounds good. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Our theme song, Hot Shot, is provided by Scott Holmes Music. You can find this and many other songs at scottholmesmusic.com.